0: Chapter 2 The Citadel was a spike in relief against the mottled turquoise sky. There was no bulky starship on the landing platform beside the tower. Don Slade swore very mildly, his voice as leadened as his heart. He stepped aside to let the work gang pass him as the trail dipped back into the jungle. This was the one vantage point on the trail's length. Slade had cradled the short barrel of his power gun in the crook of his left arm as he marched ahead of the column. Now he held the weapon vertical for safety. The butt was against his hip, and the nuzzle touched at eyebrow height the tree against which the tanker leaned wearily. dial the foreman, stepped beside his superior. Problems, sir? the lightly built humanoid asked in Spaceways English, The language differed radically from the version of English Slade had learned to speak as a boy on Tethys, but it, Spanglish, provided a medium of trade throughout the human universe, and beyond that universe, as on Terzia. Though it was sometimes difficult for Slade to remember that he and the Terzia herself were the only two humans on the planet. No problem, Bedial, Slade said. Nothing new, at any rate. There's just no ship, still. Slade's black hair was cropped short on his head and jaw for comfort, hair coiled like strands of honeysuckle over his bare chest and splashed down his limbs to the backs of his hands and feet. From a distance, he had a bestial appearance, which the calm of his expression belied. Slade was taller by forty centimeters than the tallest of the work gang, taller and stronger besides than most of the humans whom he had met in a life of knocking about the universe. "'You know, Bedile?' the big man said. His eyes were on the distant spire, but his mind was much farther away. You'd think after nine days in the Copperpod jungle that the place would look good. But if there was a Palamede slave ship docked there, I'd ship out in its hold before I'd take another step through the gate of the citadel. Your life is so very bad then? The foreman asked softly. The workers were filing past, chanting something melodious and without meaning. Slade had been unable in a year to learn a word of the native language. The Terzia swore that when her ancestors had landed on the planet, the Autocathones already spoke Spanglish. There was no reason to believe that she was lying, or that she was telling the truth, for that matter. Slade had no way to judge the Terzia's statements. The locals, males and females alike, carried fifty-kilo burdens of copper pods without signs that their frail-looking bodies were being strained. They were nude. Only in the greenish cast underlying their brown skins and in the lack of external genitals in the males were they demonstrably inhuman. Slade had personal experience of the human characteristics of some of the females. Bad, Don Slade said, echoing the foreman. The sounds of lesser animals seeped from the jungle and merged with the voices of the work gang. Vaya, no, Bedile. Life isn't bad. I've got every luxury I could dream of and the most beautiful woman I've ever met. I've got a job I'm needed at. He nodded toward the workers he supervised and protected. And it keeps me on my toes, besides. I don't even get bored, what with all the different habitats we crop. I'd have to say my life is perfect. The man paused. He turned to scan as much of his surroundings as he could see through the broad-leafed, ten-meter plants that made up the basic vegetation of this spot. A train of colorful, multi-legged creatures chased itself around one fleshy stem. The joints of the beast's exoskeletons clattered softly. The only problem is, Slade went on, it's not the life I want to live, and there's not a cursed thing anybody can do about that until another ship sets down.